in case you didn't put two and two together, not only is Charlotte and Katie one of the 10 founding families, but Charlotte is serving through missions based in Alaska, hence the yep. native So names. I'm wearing, I borrowed a cuspic because I don't have one of my own yet, but this is one of the, the native um, outfits. They usually have some kind of ribbon or embroidery or beadwork along the tops, and it has the, the hood and the, the pocket. Some of them are long in dresses, and some of them have a cute little ruffle on it. Uh, and it, lots of different tribes make them. It's not just one particular group. So you'll see a lot of these up there. It's pretty common attire. So just like UK blue is very popular around here, <laughs> these are very popular in Alaska. Um, so also something that I have grown to appreciate over time, something that I didn't used to appreciate, but I've come to value very highly. When I came back, um, our outreach for this last school was a month on Savunga on St. Lawrence Island, just south of the Bering Strait, and then um, three weeks in Bethel, which is central, um, here's Alaska, kind of central western Alaska, but there's no road system into Bethel. Uh, you have to fly or go by boat, and there's like 56 villages around the city. Um, so these were the two places that we were. So coming back from those two places back to the base, I thought my six-minute hot shower and a hot bathroom was heaven on earth because in, in those two villages, you would do the tundra shower. So it's turn it on, get wet, turn it off, lather up, turn it on, and um, rinse off. So that was different. And in Bethel, they have hauled water. So you have this big, massive water tank where they come and deliver water. And we'd had a uh, heating, heating unit spill. Um, and so it drained out. So for th and then they didn't deliver right away, which normally they deliver same day. So for three days, we were hauling water from the pastor's house over to the church to flush the toilets. And <laughs> so that was kind of interesting. And then when I was in Japan, the bathrooms were amazing. Hot water, beautiful fixtures, great little places to sit and all that. But two minutes after you turned off the water, there's no central air, and usually the heating unit is far, far away from the bathroom. So you're drying off your chill bumps as you finish up with your nice shower. In, in Thailand, um, they had running water, so I was very thankful for indoor running water, but it was all cold. And so I got to where I preferred to do the bucket bath versus the, the cold water over the head all the time. And then right next to the shower was the big tub where you dip to flush the toilet over here. So you just, I've come to appreciate a hot shower in a warm room and not having to watch the clock. So I've been feeling quite spoiled here. So that's been a blessing. Um, but what I really want to share with you all today is about kingdom culture. That's the name of our discipleship training school in Alaska. All of YWAM have six basic topics that you've got to cover to be co called YWAM, but then you have some flexibility on the other six topics. So usually we have one speaker come in and, and speak on the different topics each week. Uh, it is, so it's kind of a mind shift when you start getting into it. And so Scott does our teaching for our school, but the Lord was kind of putting a different message on my heart. And I notice a lot of times when I'm processing a new teaching or you know what we're going to, getting ready to teach the students, I picture myself here in front of you all um, sharing. It's like, what do I want generations to know about this? And then I think through this, usually in the middle of the night or early morning, and I'm thinking through, what would I want to tell generations? And that helps me know how to apply it to my life. So you all are part of my learning process, even from far away. So thank you for that. Um, so last week, we put up on the screen there the, the Lord's Prayer. And part of that is, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And that's from Matthew 6, 10. 
So growing up in the denominations I was in, it was always like, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That was like for when Jesus returned far, far away or when I died. And so I'm just sitting around waiting until then. You know, is that what it's really saying? So having lots of time to think with students and talk with students and, and think about it, it's like realizing that it was interesting that Matt and you both use this word because this is the word the Lord put on my heart this morning was, you know, he wants to partner with us. You know, he's put certain giftings in you, you know, singing that other people don't have. There's certain artistic characteristics in you that other people don't have. You know, there's certain brain power and medical knowledge back here that other people don't have. So, you know, to take one of you out of the medical field and say, you need to go work over here in this, you know, is she gonna flourish there? No, because that's not how God created her. So God puts these giftings in us, whether we choose to walk with him or not. But then once you accept Christ, and now you have the Holy Spirit in you, then it's like you can, he can really flourish and bring those gifts to life and then start using them to bless the community around you. Um, so that concept of partnering with God, God's already put something in you that's part of his image, and now we choose to partner with him so that he can work and move in this world around us to bring his kingdom to earth. Um, I think a lot of the way we treat each other, you know, do we treat each other with kindness? Do we treat each other with honor? Do we treat each other respect? Um, competition. Uh, how many times in the workplace you're trying to one-up or you want the promotion, so you push, you know, do you push the other guy down or do you encourage them to do their best? And you do your best and, you know, let God bless the one that, that wins. Do we encourage people in our businesses um, to go out and start their own? Do we help fund them to start their own? So thinking about thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the business section, um, if we're all encouraging, out, out, encouraging others out there and creating new businesses, you know, we can change the work environment. What if we did that in the education system? What if when we went to the doctor, they prayed with us before they did any tests? What if when we went to the vet, the vet prayed over our pets before, um, before they did any, any treatment? So it's kind, of a, it's kind of fun to think about those kinds of things. Is, so the, th the different spheres that affect culture um, are religion, family, education, um, government, media. I always want to forget one or two. Um, so there's those arts, arts and entertainment, is, I always think of those two as media together. Um, and business, that was one. Uh, so each of us working in those individual different environments can help facilitate God coming to earth now. And so when people who don't know Christ come to see us working and loving and caring for each other, not just when somebody has a baby and you bring them food, or not just when they're sick and you bring them food. You know, when we're, when we're really living in community and loving each other, we reflect Christ in that environment, and we bring him into that, into that um, place. Something that I recently read a book called Carrying, Carrying the Presence, and it's by Bill Johnson out of um, Bethel in Redding, California. And the idea there was that Everywhere I go, I carry his presence. And I mean, I, there are times where, usually when I'm worshiping or when I'm praying or, you know, those kinds of things, I am aware that God, that I am bearing his image, that I'm carrying him with me. But I, reading this book, it's like, even when I go to the grocery store, 
you know, normally I'm, I'm not a typical woman. I go in the grocery store, I got my blinders on, I got the list, get in, get out, leave me alone, you know. <laughs> and so the Lord's been working on me. It's like um, we've started doing door-to-door outreach, and I've become in charge of that. So that's been another stretching experience because evangelism is, 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 has not in the past been my strong suit. So he's stretching me in that. So he's making me realize, you know, I may not get an opportunity to pray when someone opens the door or doesn't open the door or shuts the door on me, but I may see them in the, in the grocery store next week, and they may say, hey, you wanted to pray with me last week. Could we pray now, or could we meet for coffee? You know, and it's like, if I go into the grocery store like this, I'm not going to be open to that invitation. And so the Lord's teaching me to, to kind of keep my awareness open, keep my spiritual ears on and open, and be praying as I go through the grocery store and looking at people. Because there's sometimes where it's like if I'm paying attention. And that's one thing I learned is I'm, I'm more spiritually sensitive than I thought I was. I just wasn't paying attention. There are times where it's like I feel pulled towards someone or drawn towards someone. And sometimes I just pray and never even say anything or just give them a compliment. Um, but being that positive attitude and trying to find opportunities to speak life over people. There's so much ne- negativity in our world that being able to speak life to someone can make a difference and can turn things around where we don't necessarily always see the results. Um, and same, who's got a Bible up here somewhere? Um, will somebody look up for me? Second Corinthians 4, 7. So thinking about bearing God's image um, do we look like daddy? Do we act like daddy? So those are the kinds of questions that I'm trying to ask myself when I'm dealing with people. It's like, how do I look different from someone who doesn't know Jesus? W- will you read it for me, Gemma? 2 Corinthians 4, 7? Yes, please. All right, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God mm. and not from us. Yeah, so to me, that's that um, I think Somebody wrote a book, you know, God uses cracked pots, so that to me is the idea that, you know, I'm the jar that has the cracks in it, but then it's Jesus that shines through those cracks to bless the world around me. That way it's like they know it's the light inside me. I want people to see Jesus inside me, not be looking at the cracked pot. Um, So that's a good one. And then uh, will you also look up 2 Corinthians 3.18 for me? So I think about about the Holy Spirit kind of being Mr. Clean, (laughs) (laughs) it was so freeing for me you know coming out of a codependent background and getting a lot of healing and learning boundaries and all that good stuff it was so freeing for me when the revelation came to me that I was not the Holy Spirit I mean you all probably figured that out a lot faster than me but I am not the Holy Spirit I do not have to clean you up you know I can introduce you to Jesus I can come alongside you I can pray with you but I do not have to clean you up the Holy Spirit gets to do that um would you please? 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So I'm thankful that I'm being transformed. Um, I used to think that I would arrive at becoming Christ-like and then I could rest and take a vacation. And over time I've realized as soon as I arrive here then I have to come over here. <laughs> and so it becomes, and when I realized it's a process and that I was never really going to be done, that was quite frustrating. But then I also learned I'm in a much better place when I'm dependent on the Lord day by day. When I know the job is too big, going to Alaska, sending my daughter to Alaska, the job was too big for me to do on my own. 
So I had to be dependent on the Lord. So I started realizing all of these crises in my life, one after the other, those were actually blessings because it forced me to be conformed to his image and to be dependent on him and not on myself. And then even more recently, I realized that I would get excited. He's teaching me something, and I'm going to go. So I get excited, I grab hold of it, and I'm going. You know, For a while there, it was a really long time since I'd been excited. Um, most of you know where I used to work. So... <laughs> so <laughs> getting excited about something, it was fun to go and take this project. All of a sudden I was like, Jesus, where'd you go? I'm back here. I wasn't done talking. You don't have the whole plan yet, come back. So I'm learning to pay attention again, pay attention, be aware. It's like, wait until the Lord says go. You know, sit and wait and rest until he says go. And then he goes with me. So I have that continuous empowering of him moving me and drawing me um, where he wants me to go. So I'm not running off on my own in this path when I should be on this path. Um, I think the next thing that the Lord talked about in the word that helps bring his kingdom to earth is in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, which is, you know, the Great Commission. Um, It says, go and make disciples of all nations. Um, So if every one of us goes to Alaska and Africa, who's here to love Nicholasville? So I, I feel like the Lord does not call everyone to go to Africa or to go to India or to go to um, Japan, but he calls us all to go. It might be to your neighbor. It might be to the person across the street. It might be to your boss. Um, but there's always someone near you that needs to hear about the Lord, sometimes with words, sometimes with actions, um, and listening to him to know what they can receive is important. Um, and part of the beginning part of that scripture, he's giving the commission, he says, all authority has been given to me, and he sends us out. It's like, I believe he imparts that authority to us. You know, when, when he created the Garden um, of Eden, he gave them dominion over the animals and the land, not people. People are the one thing we are not to have dominion over. You know, controlling one another is not, not from the Lord. So learning relationships in a different way than I had experienced has also been a pretty huge mind shift. Um, but that authority that he gives us, I think we, I'm still learning how to walk in that. You know, my prayer life has changed a lot because I'm realizing who I am in Christ, what my inheritance is. Because a lot of times I realized I'm praying for things he already gave me. How much time did I waste? You know, by my birthright as a Christian, I already have these things. So I can walk in those. I don't have to keep praying for them. So it's like, okay, let me, now what do I do, Lord? How do I walk in that authority and step forward? Um, I love the movie The War Room when, when um, the lady gets the, she gets it, that she has a responsibility and she has a place and a role and she starts telling the devil to get out of her house and she's stomping around and yelling. She goes out the door and, and she's, you know, fussing at the devil and, and the neighbor's looking at her like this, you know, and she slams the door. And I was like, that's what we need to do, you know? No more enemy, no more devil. It's like, I'm gonna stand in the Lord. And, and walk in that. Um, I've learned to pray over Katie differently. And, you know, when you step out in faith, the enemy will come against you. Don't let that surprise you. But guess what? Greater is he who is in us than he, than he who is in the Lord. I don't have the reference for that one. Someone can look it up. Um, but he is greater than the enemy. So we can stand in that confidence. Um, he even tells us we can all call forth angels as guardians over us. So I do that a lot for, for a little bit. Um, so learning how to walk in that authority and 
um, learning how to how to influence my environment for the kingdom of God. Um, you know, not with force, not with control, but actually, you know, being inviting and, and loving. So I challenge you generations with, you know, ask the Lord, is anything keeping me from serving you, Lord? Is anything keeping me from loving well? And then work on that. I think part of our sanctification process, and this is from my personal experience, <laughs> you know, saying you get saved, but then you still have your own history and some of us have more history to work through than others. Um, you know, I've been through counseling. I've been through group work. I've been through, you know, mentoring and one-on-one -on -one work with people. And I've needed that, and I'm so grateful for it. Um, you know, inner healing prayer with people is amazing stuff. So, you know, take responsibility for your stuff so that you can be free, so you can walk in victory, and then the Lord can use you to work in your family, in your community, in your workplace. Um, so, Lord, is there anything keeping me from serving or loving well? And what would you have me do? Lord, what would you have me do? Where would you have me go? Um, especially for the college guy, guys and girls, and the med students already know where they're going. So, um, but, you know, being able to work in the environment and the giftings that, that God put in you is an amazing blessing because it gives you life. Um, I did not work in those giftings for many years, but the Lord provided financially for me to be able to raise my daughter as a single mom, and I'm extremely grateful for that. That it, it taught me determination. So, determination. Yep. I still remember the kids' stuff songs. Um, so, you know, be, be available to go. And I think, for me, I used to hear missionaries say, you know, just be available. You don't have to have this packet of giftings, and you don't have to have it all worked out. Be available. And so I... I took it at his word. I took, you know, I started taking that step of faith and saying, Lord, I'm available. Here I am. And, you know, he's continued to, to move me and use me in that way. Um, and then ask the Lord, who, whom would you have me love? Um, you know, there's a lot, of, Christians get a lot of bad publicity because we act out of hate and not love. Um, you know, in our political situation, people talk a lot. They have a lot of opinions. And, how do we act in love in the middle of that? You know, how do we pray for our president? We, you know, we're called to support our leaders and to love our leaders and to support them. Some leaders need more prayer than others, so it's important to stay involved and, and be aware and to speak out to your representatives. Speak out to your senators. Go vote. Um, so thank, thank you all for praying for me and for my daughter. Thank you for being my church family, even though I don't get to see you every week like I used to. Um, you are near and dear to my heart, and I'm getting better about my communicating, so I'm, I'm thankful for the times we get to Skype. Sometimes I see you, sometimes I don't. Um, That's true. It depends <laughs> so on the technology. I got to see the ceiling last time, so. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I asked Max, I was like, can you just turn it and pan the audience just once for me? I want to see the people. So thank you all for being, being my church family and being my church home. You truly are my sending family, and I'm... I'm eternally grateful for this privilege. Um, my daughter, we were at a small group at the Los Ages the other night, and my daughter said, I'm, she said, my mom is finally the main character in her own story. And I, I was like, yeah, I feel like, I'm, I, I feel like that's true and that's fitting. Um, everything that's come before, though, has led to this. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to pour into the students and then to actually be able to go with them on outreach to help teach the missions. So, amen.
Will you guys pray with me? Because we have like three questions, right? Are we loving? Uh, are we available? And who does God want us to love, right? So let's pray. Father, uh, there is much for us to consider. This community has gotten poorer, and there's a lot of broken people. There's a lot of hurting people. Help us to be aware, just like Charlotte, to be aware, aware of what you want to do. Help us to have open eyes and open hearts to people that we meet. It's not just about getting our tasks done or working. It's about your kingdom. Help us to love well. Jesus himself said it. That's how the world's going to know, by how you're loving. So, Father, help us to have that awareness this week by the leading and prompting of your Holy Spirit. We don't want to snuff him out. That's our prayer today, and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And speaking of sight and blindness, you might want to hear from Bartimaeus. Can we hear as Bite Him to Tuesday? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. We can. But you're going to hear from Bartimaeus first. <laughs> 